Welcome to DeFi Expectations. Today we're interviewing Sage Storm, who is curating a 420 themed NFT art show happening today. Hi, Sage. Hey, how's it going? Pretty good. How about you? Good. I'm sitting here looking at this bowl, wondering if I should go outside and smoke or if I am too afraid of the snow. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm already feeling this hardcore. It's been a long time. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'll light up this Durban poison then. That's the joint my wife got for me. Let's do it. I'll join you. All right. Yep, I'm, I'm already done. <laughs> <I'll see you. laughs> I like these profile pictures you guys got going on. Yeah, thank you. Awesome. Thank Sorry. you. Who did them for you? Um, so an artist that I work with named Jen uh, in the Philippines. And then I'm, I went in and actually did all the weed stuff for him and edited like our eyes and all that kind of stuff last night. Oh, I love it. They're perfect. Yeah, I appreciate y'all doing this with me. Absolutely. It's my first podcast. Nice. Oh my God. Y'all got to come into the room tomorrow. We're repping your your stoned avatars. Oh, awesome. So like my original medium or the one that I've been working in the most for the last like six years has been wire wrap jewelry, right? Mm -hmm. But coming into this space, you know, I've been trying to transition for the last like year, year and a half into more painting. And this has really motivated me a lot to be able to do that. Um, and so I've started working on some digital painting, like my, my little weed leaf girl right here, um, and doing some animations. And because of that, I'm finally able to collaborate with all of my musician friends or some of them at least, you know? Um, so my first painted NFT, I did like a little animation, which was a collab with my producer friend, Zedjabo, um, who did the sound design. And I have another one coming out with Faceplant, um, who's based out of Philly. Um, and I'm super excited to see what he does with that one or hear what he does with that one. Basically, the way that the show is structured, so it's called the NFT Dispensary, a high art show, and it's a curated exhibition, right? So I have 34 artists involved that I personally invited each one, and I personally participated in a curated NFT show before, and the way that it worked and the way that I've seen almost all of them work um, in the past has basically been that a curator makes a collection on OpenSea and then mints everything under the curation name. And okay. that really causes a really big disconnect between the artist and the piece and, and the collector, you know, it kind of just creates a huge, a uh, huge gap because yeah. it's not connected properly, right? So what I've done is everyone is minting on their own platforms and their own collections wherever they see fit right because some people have multiple different platforms that they use for different types of artwork and then i built a website um with the helps of with the help of nox lumina shouts um and basically it's going to bring the whole collection together in one place so you can see it and then what we're doing is we're going to have a clubhouse party tomorrow that's what i mean when i say come into the room so we're oh, all going to have a big smoke session on Clubhouse. I've been promoing it for the last like week or so. I really want it to be not even just our artists like that are like in the NFT dispensary, but I want it to be because there's so many NFT artists who are going to be minting stuff on 420. I want it to be a fucking throwdown for all of us. I want it to be a big homie smoke sesh because 420 <laughs> is all about bringing everybody together, like from every walk of life, you know, anyone who smokes weed gets together to celebrate the holiday together. So I really wanted to be just like everyone in the NFT community coming together in one room. Everyone will be welcome to promo their work, not just the people that are in the show. I really want it to be a place for everybody. Yeah, so we're gonna open the clubhouse room, I believe at noon EST. And then honestly, it's probably gonna be like an all day event. I am mentally prepared to have to run this room until I fall asleep. <laughs> so I've never been on clubhouse before. Cause I'm oh, no not way. I'm not cool enough. I don't have an iPhone. I have a Mac, but they still don't let me get on. So yeah, 
So they I'm do just... have like a bootleg Android version that you can use. Oh, really? Um, I think it's by GitHub. Like it's definitely not like by Clubhouse, but it gets you onto Clubhouse. That's good. That's useful enough. Yeah. Because I mean, it's, it's, it is such a shame that it is iPhone only because like this app has done such amazing things for this community. And I mean, I literally just see people constantly being like, I had to buy an iPad to get on Clubhouse. I had to buy an iPhone to get on Clubhouse because it's worth it to them to be able to market their artwork on there, you know, and engage with the community in the way that is, you know, the most productive. Like, yeah, you can go on Discord and Twitter and all that, but like your reach is just so much more, it, it's so much further and so much more genuine on Clubhouse because people can talk to you directly like this. You know, you can, you can read people's tone. You can, you can hear how excited they are, how passionate they are. You know, it's, it's just, it's such a valuable platform. I love it so much. So is it like, um, like a live conversation between? Yeah, exactly. Okay. It's, it's audio only. Like there's no, all you have basically is your profile picture your voice and your profile, which the only two links that you can have in your profile are your Twitter and your Instagram. And then like your, your blurb about yourself and then you can follow each other. Um, okay. So it's like a pretty basic functioning app, but it like is so rewarding. Cause especially like after a year of the pandemic and just like being so disconnected from people. Like I know personally, when I got invited to Clubhouse I had just been complaining to my friend, Ali um, A.L. Grime, how I had just been missing my weekly artist sessions. Like I used to go every single weekend to go hang out and paint with a bunch of friends and like not having that connection to artists anymore. And like that engagement with artists was draining my soul so badly. So like when I got on Clubhouse, it was just so fulfilling because I was just able to talk to artists again, you know, and get excited about creating and being around creativity. Yeah, I've been feeling that way, you know, about dancing in general too. It's it's been killing me not having- Are you a dancer? Oh yeah. Oh man, you gotta show me some moves. I know. I, I'm gonna have to get on film at some point. I've somehow avoided it for the most part. There's a couple out there, I think. Well, if you'd like, I can go ahead and do a screen share, and maybe uh, while we're lighting up, you can feel free to share some stuff about the project or whatever you sure. feel like. So yeah, Sage. Uh, I I've been actually following Sage for probably about four years, maybe more. I would think. Oh no way. Yep. Yeah, that's that's why one of the really interesting things. You're not the first person that I've run back into randomly from like a wholly different area of something back into the crypto space. So it's just interesting how like the paths continue to cross. Yeah, that's. I'm I'm surprised you didn't mention that before. Um. Yeah, I definitely bumped into some like crazy people in the space. Um, it's actually really nice. One of the artists in the show, my friend Jeremy, he goes by Jolted. He's such a talented 3D artist, but he actually started off as a jeweler. Um, so we've known each other for like, I don't know, like six years at this point, probably, right? And we used to be like super, super close. Like we talked every single day. And then, yep, that's him, Jolted Jeremy. Um, and then, you know, he got really, really into 3D artwork and he kind of started to transition away from jewelry into this stuff. And so, you know, we kind of drifted for a little while. We were still friends, but we weren't talking all the time because like our interests just kind of shifted. And then when I learned about NFTs, I messaged him so fast and I was just like, bro, we're getting you on Clubhouse. We're showing your work to the world. Like get in loser, we're going NFT shopping. <laughs> But yeah, he is incredible. He's been doing these 3D renders of crystals. Um, if you scroll down, there's like hyper realistic ones that are just crazy. Yeah. Okay. I've actually 
followed this guy too. And mm-hmm. I, I used to follow him like way back in the day too. It's mm-hmm. a, something I was wanting to do actually. Oh, no way. Yeah. Because I, I also used to sell uh, gems and crystals and stuff like that too. So, oh, cool. So like, yeah, yeah. And I've done macro photography, so I might still like, I might still try something like this. Cause I think it's really cool. And I might just try and do my photography and see how that works. Yeah. I'd love to see what you create. What uh, technology does he use to create these? Like what platform or whatever? Um, he is using, I think, Cinema 4D and Octane. That's what oh. I've been hearing a lot about recently is Cinema 4D. Yeah, he's so talented. And it's funny because like I watched him over the years like evolve his style. Like he started with doing edits of his jewelry and like making those into crazy fractals and stuff. And it took him a long, and like, he, you know, his work is so complex and his ideas are so grand sometimes it took him a long time to get to something that was this simple but is so grand in its presentation yeah it really is like i was very very impressed when i saw it yeah that's and it looked like those i own the, the rotocrosite one that's my nft i bought it yeah it it's looks a like rotocrosite from south africa they've been selling pretty well it looks like when i was on there yeah, so this piece was like really important to me when it when I came down to like me deciding which one I was gonna bid on, you know, like which one was gonna be mine. This one really stuck out because quite a few years ago we purchased a pair of rhodochrosite dog teeth together <laughs> from South Africa, and they're kind of a matching pair. And so this one is rendered based on his one, and then I have the matching one. So in buying the NFT, it felt like I was kind of bringing the collection back together. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Awesome little tidbit. <laughs> so you said earlier that this is not your first art show and not your first even NFT show. No. Um, so this is my, okay. So this is not my first art show that I've been a part of or that I've curated. So my first, let's, all right, sorry. My first show that I curated, let's talk about that first. All right. So I run a group on Facebook called Theta Movement, and that is basically a curated jewelry marketplace for the kind of jewelry that I make. So like wire wraps, like heady fabs and castings and stuff like that. And when I first made that group, God, I got so much pushback from the community. I was like enemy number one because I was, it was like the first time curation had been introduced in my community. But the reason why I did it was because Basically, our community was really suffering. Um, Jewelers weren't making a lot, like weren't really able to sell their work. Nobody was really communicating with each other. No one was really supporting each other. Um, You know, people weren't sharing each other's work and therefore like we weren't reaching collectors and then collectors weren't reaching new new artists, you know, and they weren't collecting, they weren't collectors yet. And people weren't, the old collectors, you know, were only collecting like the OGs, but the OGs didn't talk to the new people. It was just like a mess, right? So we created Theta as a way to, remind the community that we're a community and that if we all add to the pot, we can all benefit from it. And so I created this curated space because we were also, ha- we were also having issues with a lot of the marketplaces were really just like run down with like poor quality work, but also like gemstone links and like spam. Um, they were really like unattractive. And so collectors weren't really interested in scrolling through them. So in creating a curated marketplace, it really like piqued the interest of collectors again. And it helped artists who, you know, aren't business people and aren't good at marketing their work. It helped them get their work in front of the, the people that needed to see it. So it turned, you know, there was people who went from not being able to sell their work for six months to not being able to keep inventory. And it was just, it was so amazing. And it's still amazing. It's been running for, I think, three years now. And it's only done positive for the community. You know, like, yeah, there's the, there's the people who like, you know, don't like rejection and can't, hand, like, you know, 
that's the hard part is sometimes you have to be the bad guy but like you know I try to be as kind as possible and like ultimately it's it's great that you know people have something to work towards you know when an artist tells me like I hope I can like be in theta move one day like that means so much to me you know that's like a goal for people yeah that's awesome um, but so I, I curated a gallery show with Theta Movement um, at Ruckus Gallery in Philadelphia. It's a high-end glass gallery that sells, you know, like crazy functional glass. Um, but, oh, so I curated a show at Ruckus Gallery and it was, I believe, 35 jewelers. Um, and I, so it was like all on display really beautifully in the gallery, right? Like amongst the glass. And I did an after party with Ataya Sulasibin, 5am trio, Shapesift, and Droid Visuals, who's an amazing NFT artist. He's not in the show, unfortunately, because he was busy, but he's a friend of mine. I've known him since like high school. Um, it's awesome. But so he did the visuals for the show and like people literally flew in from all over the country to be there. It was incredible. Um, it was such a humbling, like magical experience to just like have all of these people in this community from all over the country in one place, like enjoying the art and, and, and hanging out together, you know? Um, and it was so fulfilling, but I never did it again because it was just like, it was such a stressful experience for me. The gallery was kind of difficult to work with sometimes. It was just, it was chaos. It was pure chaos. And I was also working as a full-time chemist at the time in addition to doing this. Nice. Um, but so I kind of, I just never had the time to do it again. And then when I finally had the energy to, the pandemic hit and I was like, oh, I can't curate another show. Mm -hmm. And I just kind of, I fell into the NFT space and I've just been really focused I've been so less focused on showing off my own artwork and more focused on just honestly learning and building community um I saw the need for it again and I connected with this artist tech he's on Facebook we met in the tipper art group um just like super randomly he commented he complimented a painting that I made and then I um asked him I saw his artwork that he made like cool 3d work and I was like oh like, do you know what nfts are and then we got on the phone for like two hours and just had the most like amazing conversation about community and like our mindset behind it and and just how we want to just help lift people up and I brought him on the clubhouse and we've just been hustling in our in our group tech and chill just building community um and really that's what this art show was birthed out of was we were literally all just hanging out one night on clubhouse and we kind of just started joking like, yo, what if we all did like nugs and did a show together? Cause like, we're just like the homies, right? Just like, let's do it. Um, and then I was like, well, I have curating experience and I'm really organized and I know y'all are fucking stoners who aren't gonna do this, you know, without someone guiding you. Um, so I took on the role and it's just, it's been so much fun um, putting it together. Yeah, it seems like the pandemic was really a big kicking off point for this new wave of digital art. I mean, it was huge for crypto and DeFi, and also now maybe even bigger for NFTs, you know, the hype that's really followed with the NFTs, and you're even seeing uh, SNL poke fun of it with <laughs> that skit and everything. It's, it's just remarkable how quickly things went to that feeling of, you know, for me, I, I can say I definitely had that feeling of, oh my gosh, it's over. What am I going to do? There, there must be something going on, some energy lurking beneath the surface. There must be something people are doing. And I got online and discovered, you know, started with Yearn Finance and eventually led me to DeFi and now exploring NFTs. It's, it's definitely something really exciting going on. Yeah. And I you know we, we, we come from the music community, right? And like we all, have, I'm sure you guys, just as much as I do, we have friends who do visuals for a living. Yeah. And with the music industry shutting down, I, I was questioning, I'm like, you know, how are my friends 
doing? Like, are they making money? Like what, how, what are they doing for work? Because they're not DJing anymore. I talk about that pretty frequently. And I'm just like, there's a lot of people I know who took so much time to, you know, kind of climb the ranks and at least get into a point where they can tour festivals regularly. Yeah. So that's like their career now. You know, it's like they had to quit their other job probably if they're on tour normally. They may right. not be like pulling in the big bucks, but maybe they're getting, you know, $60,000 a year essentially to do what they love. Mm-hmm. But now they're suddenly just fucked. Mm-hmm. Their careers to go do this and pursue their dream. And now they're probably all back at this point, just hanging out, doing something normal. And, you know, it just sucks. It sucks that like they worked so hard and actually got to that point finally. And then just- it does, but like the NFT community and the technology of NFTs has given these artists an opportunity to sell their artwork as originals on the blockchain and earn a living, you know, beyond what they were making sometimes on the road, you know, um, like uh, most of the people, like we go through this lineup, like there's so many artists on this lineup who are VJs and that's how I knew who they were or, you know, how they knew, you know, people within the group, like, you know, there's Android Jones, Jonathan Singer, Knox Lumina, um, Zip Visuals, Kelly Finn. Um, it's like half the lineup is VJs. So I've always, I've always wondered about Jonathan Singer and I figured he probably like makes all of his own stuff or does he kind of incorporate other people's art sometimes? Oh yeah, definitely both. Um, he definitely will, will remix people's artwork on stage. God, I remember a show that I went to, it was so cool. He basically, I guess somehow like programmed the visuals to be responsive to the dancers on stage. So we had these like hip hop dancers on stage and the visuals were reactive to their movements. It was stunning. That's cool. Yeah. (laughs) That was at the uh, PlayStation theater in New York city um, for a tipper tip hop night. It was funny. I remember being like, we were like all these freaking tipper heads, right. Are all standing in a massive line wrapping around times square, New York city. And all the tourists are just like looking at us like, what the hell is going on? And they kept coming up to me specifically and being like, what's going on here? What's this line for? Who are these people? <laughs> and everyone was like, why does everyone keep asking Sage? Like, why is she the person? <laughs> I probably answered like 20 different tourist questions that night, just waiting in line. What does this gallery look like exactly? Like what's uh, the format? Like how, how did it look get, getting the artists together? Maybe talk a little bit more about that. Yeah, so um, the gallery show that I had been in prior to this for the NFT space um, was with IRL Art, curated by Annie Phillips. She's absolutely phenomenal. She literally minted the first Beeple NFT. Um, She's been doing amazing work for the NFT space for many years. Um, And the the way that it was done in the past, like like she did, like she had like her IRL collection, IRL Art collection, and all of the artwork of each artist was minted in that collection to be part of each show. Um, so I was part of the F Denver show this year and they had like a big crypto voxels gallery. It was amazing. Um, but ultimately the artists didn't mint their own work. And that was a complaint that Annie had is like, you know, as we progress in this space, like I really want to figure out solutions to this problem. Um, and that kind of sparked me thinking about it. Like, well, how can we figure out solutions to this problem? Cause like, I've also done curation, like, you know, I'm interested in working with her. Um, you know, we've been talking about that for a little while. Um, but so the solution that I came up with was to have each artist literally mint their own NFTs on their platforms and then build the website. Um, so we've been playing really hard into this um, dispensary theme, right? So our graphics have been like blister packages for weed with like all, like even if you read like the the warning sign on the, uh, I'm gonna actually read it for you. Let me see if I can zoom in on it on my phone. I don't know if it'll be easy to see there. Okay, so it says, 
Government warning, this product contains NFTs and Ethereum blockchain controlled technology. Keep wallets out of reach of children and hackers. NFT dispensary products may only be possessed or consumed by persons 18 years of age or older, unless the person is a qualified patient. The intoxicating effects of NFTs may be permanent. Consumption of NFT and blockchain clubhouse chats impairs your ability to drive and operate machinery. Please use extreme caution. Nice. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> and like playing into this stuff has just been so much fun. So the website's also going to be structured similarly where it's, you know, played up like it's a dispensary. Um, and yeah, it just brings the whole collection together in one place. And then each artist has their own page, you know, with their, their information and you can click out to their actual listing if you want to check it out and bid on it. Um, and then Annie from IRL, actually, she just opened a gallery called Motion in the Rhino Arts District of Denver. And it's a really incredible space. It's basically what they did is they set up like 50 TVs and like 30 projectors that project into picture frames. And it's a totally like animated gallery with NFT artwork. Um, cool. I love that. Yeah. So she offered to have one of the screens rotating with our show. Um, so I'm going to be sending her the artwork to put into the gallery space as well, which I'm really excited about. Do you know actually much about like utilizing nfts in game type things like that because i really don't know you know i've gone and checked out uh, an nft that was uh like the first animated nft we actually interviewed uh paulo and pavi hey, anima. Yeah, hey, yeah yeah anima i went and visited there in decentraland to watch the whole cartoon and it was pretty cool to, like trying to figure out how the hell you build stuff and like actually apply stuff in that way because I, you know, I haven't gone into that space at all so i'm completely clueless when it comes to that yeah honestly yeah. i'm so bad at navigating through like the central land and crypto voxels that like <laughs> some crypto voxels when you go up like you have to like literally walk up the stairs right it's, yeah. it's so hard it's so hard <laughs> well i got when i went to the uh, the gallery i was just like standing at the stairs and i'm like i can't get up i don't know what i'm doing <laughs> It fell off like the second story so many times yeah, trying to get to the, was on the third story i'm like i was looking up because i heard the music from it and i'm like what the hell is going on figured out that you can fly though and that's how you stop yourself from falling i don't play a lot of video games so it kind of gets confusing like when i was exploring using jewelry in nfts i was like looking at like digital wearables so my first nft actually is a pendant with a digital wearable that you can wear on your crypto voxels avatar and it was really cool. Annie um, and IRL Art helped me to make the digital piece. But I just like am so clueless when it comes to video games that it didn't feel like the right fit for me. You know what I'm saying? Um, yeah, we were with ta speaking with um, uh, Michael Wagner from Star Atlas. And it was really interesting uh, just what they're doing. Like the initially when they were starting to work with NFTs and like gaming technology and like you know it was very rudimentary what they were able to do but it sounds like they have like starships and there's like an in-game currency that connects to like actual cryptocurrency you have the pull like a governance token associated with it you know and there's obviously a lot more to it i could do it justice a lot better than that than i can right now obviously but it's just really fascinating just how far it's come and how like complex they're actually making it yeah, if you guys have looked into like digital fashion, there's a company called Digitalics that's like basically gamifying digital fashion. And I truly cannot speak to how it works because I'm clueless. I tried to watch one. I tried to like talk to the owner and watch one of her videos explaining it. And I was just like, 
oh my god what is happening but this is so cool like I do follow a bunch of the digital fashion artists um there's one I think her name is Steffi Young maybe um but yeah they're working with like uh digital fashion artists I don't know if you're gonna find anything like on this page looks like a lot of words that's so unfortunate I hate when you scroll through a twitter and like it's a lot of words and not a lot of images which like I'll say I'm probably guilty of while I'm marketing for the show but (laughs) artwork is important do they um like do you follow their instagram usually is that where you're like checking stuff um no well I was gonna say if you look up I was I was gonna suggest that you look up like one of the artists you actually can see like what like the digital fashion can look like yeah I'd love to see that Um, instagram or look up Steffi Fung no on twitter or instagram I'm sure she's on there too I don't know sorry f yeah f u n g no you're correct like steffi (laughs) (laughs) there we go her yes steffi 3d motion designer there you go now you can see what the digital fashion looks like cool like that picture is her wearing a digitally rendered piece would you be able to take stuff like this and actually bring it into a game Uh uh-huh Yeah, like these walk. If you literally click on like the video of this kimono piece, uh-huh. like it literally walks. <laughs> so it's it's, it's no, so not so that so. one. Look, look the, the the one to the right. Yeah, one of those. I don't know which one will move. Oh, that's her like rendering it. Go to the other one. That's also her rendering it. I just want to see the video of her walking. I'm sorry. There's three options here. One of them. Wait, to ever there walk. we go. <laughs> yeah <laughs> um but yeah so that that's like i guess the first way that people understand nfts is like how kids are playing in these video games and buying skins so it's like outfits for their avatars to yeah. play in these video games and that's exactly what these these artists are doing you know is creating the the fashion for the avatars mm-hmm. Yeah, are they also cool. thinking about the network at all? Because I know that sometimes, depending on what network it's built on, the utility and how complex you can even make it is kind of limited. You know? Oh yeah, totally. There's 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 completely different types of fashion artists for like Decentraland, crypto voxels, video games, like stuff like this with Digitalics, or uh, yeah, it, there's there's tons of different levels to it which is why it was so overwhelming when I was trying to figure it all out I'm like there's so many routes that you could go and they're all very different styles of like modeling and rendering and that stuff (laughs) um and it just got to be just you know too a bit too much for me it just wasn't the right direction for me um and I'm really excited to be working with all of these artists that are um part of the show bringing it back to here um so, like, I mean, if I had kept going this like jewelry route, I, I definitely don't think I would have been, you know, able to to spend so much time networking with all these incredible people and, you know, putting the show together. I just my focus would have been in a completely different place with a completely different community of people. Yeah. So, with all these artists, you said that um, were most of them in the clubhouse originally, or were all of them? Um, I would say almost every single person in the lineup I connected, I either knew prior to Clubhouse and then brought on to Clubhouse or I connected with them through Clubhouse. Gotcha. Um, like there's a few people like 5am literally he played at he, like, so he's also a music producer and he played music at the first show that I did. Um, yeah. So I, I literally lived with um, one of his bandmates, Aaron, who's a drummer in the 5am trio. Um 
like I'm trying to think who I've knew before Eric Carbelling I've known for a few years we met through the mural and like mural scene um Galosha visuals I met at a festival um but I would say Kelly Finn I even knew vaguely um before this like from the internet and stuff <laughs> um but yeah most of these people I, I literally met through Clubhouse and that's why I've been so adamant about to people I'm like you got to get on Clubhouse like if you want to be in the NFT space like this is how you actually engage with people. Like this is how you you really start to build those bonds. Um, I think that it's it's just so valuable. And I almost feel guilty that because like I spent so much time on Clubhouse, that's how the show got curated. I'm like, there's so many other credible artists who I would love to show off. Um, I just have to figure out how to like befriend them because I want to work with people who I like know and trust. You know? Yeah, exactly. So. Golosha Visuals actually, or Golosha MSV, he's um, part of a two-part team um, waveform right here. So they just did all of the projection mapping for the, the motion gallery in Denver. Um, I'm sure if you scroll, you'd find some of their stuff from that. I'm not sure. So how much time do you think it took you to curate this? Oh God. Um, um, I would say I probably gave the artists like less than a month from when they were onboarded till when they had to have the piece finished and minted. Gotcha. Um, it was pretty fast um, because it literally was just like 420 was coming up and we were like, yo, we got this crazy idea. And then I was like, I think we can pull it off if we all work together, you know? Um, and so I, I literally had a whiteboard in front of me. I started writing down every artist name I could think of who I would want to invite. We started brainstorming names for the show. Um, you know, I started to, figure out all of the solutions, you know, and figuring out the actual like, you know, details of what would happen, how the show would be structured. Cause you know, that's an important part of pitching the invitation to somebody is explaining what exactly is going to happen with their NFT. <laughs> um, Does each person mint their own? Yes. And are they all over on OpenSea or you said that- No, so they're, they're wherever they want to be. Um, so Sam's on OpenSea um like a lot of people are minting on foundation i think a few people are minting on super rare a few on known origin um i don't know if there's any from maker's place um and i think there might be a couple on rareable as well so it's really it's it's truly wherever they want to be is where i want them to be because ultimately it's their collection and like it's it's their art and like they should have control over over where things are mm-hmm. so like mine's going to be minted on foundation just because that's that's where i've started yeah yeah foundation definitely seems like my favorite so far i know it's like a very exclusive place because you have to get invites and stuff like that but i do notice that it's like a much higher caliber of art there because of that yeah so i only have one piece on my foundation if you click on it you can see the full thing it's kind of cut off um but this is a this is a very vulnerable piece that i made um this was a piece that i made because i just needed it to exist it was a silly sketch that i made in my notebook like Honestly, I was on a little bit of mushrooms and I was just scribbling, like quite literally scribbles of like loops. And somehow it turned into this um, creature, right? And then, and I kind of thought it was just like funny and silly. And then as I sat with it um, in my sketchbook for a couple months, I, I it actually felt a very deep connection to it and a lot of meaning. Um, my mom and I don't always have the best relationship. We have a very like toxic cycle of um like abuse I guess you could say um which is why so you'll see that the 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 goose is like strangling the snake while the snake is also strangling the goose 
and the snake is crying and the the goose is angry and the the second head of him or her is just kind of like what are you doing like what's what's going on here because it's just like a constant cycle of attack um and my birthday is kind of the when it's the worst because there's like these weird expectations and roles that we just kind of fall into constantly and we can't seem to break the cycle um but so this piece was something that I made to kind of express that and it's kind of weird and I made it like basically assuming that no one would ever want to buy it and that was okay it just needed to exist and I was happy enough with that that's cool it's you know, funny how our own like celebrations often become about catering to other people literally <laughs> it's like you're just like a puppet being expected to perform in a certain way and if you don't then people get mad at you yeah yeah it's real. It, I love like actually having someone describe their art to me because a lot of artists don't like to do that. And I'm just like, if it doesn't mean anything and it's just art, you know, someone just made it, it's like it has no specific meaning, then that's fine. And I don't know why some of them won't at least tell you their process. So I really enjoy mm -hmm. that. I always, I always want to know that kind of stuff, especially as someone who like I dip my toes into creating certain types of art sometimes. And I've heard a lot of artists don't like to say how long it takes them to do something. And for me, that's, that's helpful. Cause I'm like, okay, you know, that's not something someone threw together in two hours that took them a hundred hours. You know, mm -hmm. I want to know that because like, as someone who might get into the space, I want to know what I'm up against. Well, what's difficult about artwork is that, yeah, if something took me six hours to make, but it took me six years to develop that skill, you know? Um, like that's kind of sometimes what you have to look at is like the, the time and energy that it took to learn how to make something versus how quick it was to make something. But I mean, that paint, that took me like a week, like it took me fucking forever. That was my first ever like digital painting. That was like more than a mock-up on a, for a mural. Um, and I'm really excited to release my next one after the 420 show. Um, it's very silly, but that's actually the thing is like, so that piece has a lot of deep meaning, right? But then the other piece that I'm gonna be minting, it's literally, okay, <laughs> it is a banana with a tentacle instead of a banana with tongues for the peels, dripping drool onto a counter. That's cool. So, yeah. <laughs> and that's something that I created because it just needed to exist, but because it was just silly. Like it didn't, it doesn't have any deep meaning. It's just kind of a manifestation of like my, my weird brain and creativity as it <laughs> evolved from a literal sketch of a banana into the weirdo that it, that it is now. Um, so you'll find my jewelry on this page. And then on my other page, my Saves from Paints page is where I have some of my paintings, but I haven't posted any of my digital work yet because I'm scared. I've always wondered, like, how long does it take you to, like, how long have you been making jewelry? Um, I've been making jewelry since April of 2015. So that's like, you must have hit it hard because you're ridiculously talented. Thanks. Yeah, I definitely... Um... It, it was a, it was a medium that I kind of had a knack for the, second, the moment I picked it up. I mean, I just started painting like a year and a half ago too. Um, I, I feel like I tend to pick up skills pretty quickly, but then where it's really difficult is actually having your vision. Right. So it took me like two years probably before I had like a strong style in my jewelry and I'm very much still working on it, you know, after a year and a half in my paintings, like I don't feel like I have a very cohesive style, especially between like digital painting, oil painting and mural painting, like spray painting. It's, it's all very different still. And I'm still kind of 
searching for what my vision is. Um, and that just comes with, you know, continuing to just do. Um, like that piece was about chronic pain, the, the mushroom I just created because it needed to exist. Um, you know, I kind of have that, that balance of things that are just fun and make me happy. And then things that like talk about pain. You know, I think, I think that it's nice to have that balance of stuff that's like really vulnerable and painful for me to, to express and share. And then things that I just, just bring me joy. And I hope that they bring other people joy. Yeah. So what does 420 mean to you and how long have you been celebrating? Oh, that's an interesting question. Um, I started celebrating, I guess when I was like 15, 16 years old. Um, I guess I started smoking when I was in my freshman year of high school. So probably like 15, 16. Yeah. Um, but I mean, 2020 to me is really, it's, it's a day to celebrate a beautiful medicine, um, and celebrate with beautiful people together. Um, personally for me. Um, so that piece that was ripping apart at the seams, um, in all my Instagram, right. Um, that piece is about my chronic pain and like the, the pain, like the, my joints sometimes feel like they're really being ripped apart and weed is, my painkiller. I'm actually like immune to, to painkillers and weed is the only thing that like brings me relief and I'm so grateful for it. Um, it really is like a medicine for me um, in, in so many ways. And if I didn't have it, I don't know what I would do sometimes. Um, yeah, I think it's a very just like peaceful, happy holiday. Um, everyone has their reasons why they, oh, that's my favorite piece, the John McTavish. Um, I love that one so much. Really cool. That's actually an animated piece too. That's just the still. Really? Mm-hmm. Nice. I want to see it. <laughs> yeah. So there are a few animations. You'll have to um, see those on the actual website when it launches. So you'll have to come back. I will for sure. <laughs> but yeah, John is such an amazing artist. I found him. I met him in the lowbrow room on Clubhouse. Um, so he's more connected to like the lowbrow artists community, which is, you know, a lot, they're based a lot out of LA. They do a lot of like gallery shows and like the contemporary fine art world. Um, they John all have McTavish. really great, funny personalities. Say it again. John McTavish, right? Yeah. But I feel like sometimes I'm like a, a total floater. Like when I was in high school, I never had like my specific table in the cafeteria that I sat at. You know, I constantly just like bopped around. Like I was friends with everyone or sometimes I might want to sit by myself. Like, I don't know, it didn't really matter. Um, yep. And I feel like I'm the same way in the art community where I like bop around from like... I'm with like these like VJs and digital artists and then the jewelry artists and the lowbrow artists and the muralists and the dark surrealists. Like I'm constantly just like in different like uh, pods of, of creatives and I love it. That's so cool. I love it. I don't this. really feel like I fit in anywhere, but like everywhere at once. Damn. I, who, who is this right now? I'm going to go follow him. This John is John McTavish. He's fantastic. Isn't he? Is, uh, are you on his Instagram? Yeah. This stuff's pretty stunning. He actually, oh, he's such a sweetheart. He gifted me one of his NFTs um, as just like a thank you for curating the show and I'm going to hold on to it forever. I love it. So yeah, he was someone who heard me talking about the show and reached out and was like, I'd love to be a part of it. And I was just like, bro, please. <laughs> when you were like talking with all these artists, were, were you like actually searching for any specific type of artist? Like, you know, I know most NFTs are digital. Um, I do see people trying to bridge that medium like photographers and mm -hmm. you know I mean so we do have like two photographers um we've got like a mixture of digital artists some painters um yeah I mean I'd say there wasn't like a specific goal in the curation as far as like what kind of medium you used or, or what your process was it was just a matter of like 
but first and foremost before you can even talk about the quality of the art like I care first and foremost about the quality of the person um and like have I engaged with you like have, you know do I enjoy your company do I um do I think that you are giving as much to the community as you're taking from it um you know like I, I don't want to boost up people who who don't boost up others so really what it came down to was just like having connections with the artist. And, and that's why I, you know, I keep coming back to Clubhouse being so valuable because you're able to engage with people. But stop on this piece real quick. So this is a collaboration between Visuals by Vlad and Tech Keys. So what they did, so Visuals by Vlad is a really talented photographer who photographs uh, cannabis, right? And Tech molded the shape of the nug out of um like his programs and then created a texture out of Vlad's photography to then make this texture look like it is a real nug that's cool isn't that so cool it's really like, detailed. yeah they can't there's two of them they each have one um they came out so good like I had to look at the, like, the little hairs oh so yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah, I thought I thought that was just a picture until you said that. So literally, <laughs> so cool. There, there's so many just talented people. Um, so I see, like you know, there was that rooster one that you pulled up just recently. Yeah, so that was Eric Carbelling. Um, so, I mean, there's a there's a couple of them that look like they're not necessarily associated with 420. So that one, okay, so Eric literally messaged me and was like, is it okay if I do this? It's from a TV show. I think it's like a crazy stoner character from a show. Um, it was called- That one back here, like a few clicks back? Um, yeah, one more. Oh wait, is that it? Go ahead, yeah, one, one forward, that one. God, I love Eric and I love his style and I had to just let him run with what excited him. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm wondering if I've uh, met this guy before. Does he, I assume, does he do like actual like uh, painting, like physical painting? Yeah. So he's a really talented muralist. Um, he's he used to be based out of Miami. He just moved to Hawaii. Um, he's painted at like Halloween. Um, I've shared his work a ton over the years. Um, I met him for the first time at um, Crush Walls in Denver back in 2019. Yeah, 2019. I literally met him in September. It was September 2019. And I was like, Eric, I'm going to come down to Art Basel this year in December and I'm going to spray paint a mural. And he was like, yeah, okay. Because <laughs> I'd never touched a spray paint can before. <laughs> and then I went home and in October, I built a practice wall. And every weekend for like eight weeks, I just spray painted every weekend. And then I went down to Miami and I painted four walls during Art Basel. <laughs> and eric was just like he was down at our house and he's like sage what the fuck he's so supportive though i love him the style is really interesting yeah the squiggle poppy yeah it's really cool how he's able to just like use these like little doodles to create you know real objects yeah it's like really simple like when you look up close almost like the dots and that one famous painting I'm not thinking of what it is right yeah now. it's like pointillism but squigalism <laughs> George is that what you're talking about I think Eric if you're listening I've now dubbed your style squigalism <laughs> um but yeah, when he discovered spray paint, that was such a game changer because it allowed him to like create just like so much more depth and shadow in his work. 
Um, his first NFT actually is a memorial to the first mural that he did with spray paint in it. Um, it's this big like bullhorn one. If you scroll up, you'll see it. Um, he posted it because of the NFT um, all the way up. It's like on a big shipping container type thing. Uh, yes, to the right on the top. Ah, there we go. Oh, nope, not that one. <laughs> yeah, that one. Um, so the black, he, that was his first time using spray paint to do shadows. He animated this for the NFT. Um, but yeah, this was like his like game changer that like really helped to like make stuff pop in his murals. That's cool. Yeah. God, I got to witness it. Well, I never got to see it in real life, but it was a big wall. Painting on oh, textures man. like that is not a good time. It's helpful for symmetry because it gives you like space markers, but uh, it's a pain because you have to like spray at it from so many different angles. Yeah. Otherwise it just won't show up. Yeah. Uh, so good. Go Eric. I got to like meet his dad and brother when I first met him. I definitely think they definitely were like, oh my God, our son's a celebrity. He has fans. <laughs> Yeah, so, and I'm so honored that, that Eric's on the lineup. He he was definitely super resistant to NFTs and Clubhouse at first, but he he definitely came around and, and saw the value in it and, you know, has been really enjoying hanging out. Honestly, the, uh, the girl who produces our uh, channel art is absolutely fantastic. She has a couple pieces that I'm just like, um, have you considered minting these into NFTs? Because they're really, really cool. Yeah, I complimented them like instantly. I love them. Yeah, I mean, she could very easily like get an invite to Foundation because she's got some really cool stuff. Yeah, and... I gotta sell my first piece so I can give people invites. Yeah, is that, <laughs> is that so? Is that how that works? Like you sell? Yeah. Your... So one, the second your first piece meets the reserve, you get your invites. Gotcha. Is Foundation yeah. like a bidding program more than just like a buy it now program? Yeah, so I really like the way Foundation is set up. I'm a big fan of it. So basically it's artists curated, right? So each artist is given invites to then invite other artists once their work is sold. And the way that the thing sells is so once it meets the reserve price, like this one is 0.25 ETH. So once it meets the reserve, it goes into an automatic 24 hour auction countdown. And then in the last 15 minutes, if there's a new bid placed, it resets for 15 minutes and it'll keep doing that until someone lets the timer run out. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, that's called a sniper rule. I'm a big fan of those. Cause so, that's like where the fun, that's where the fun starts at an auction is the last 15 minutes. Yeah, so Yeah. So this is just purely auction based essentially. Yes. Yeah. There's no buy it now option. Um, I got super lucky recently. I started the bid on a um, Bunny Love Rocks piece, Bunny Reese, and somehow nobody outbid me. So I like woke up from a nap because I totally forgot that the auction was ending and I woke up from a nap and I won the piece for the original bid. And I was like, whoa, stoked. That's cool. Yeah, That's what's cool about Foundation is like, so the front page is, um, it shows you basically a live feed of the auctions, all of them that are active on the website at once. Um, and as your auction gets closer to ending, it gets closer up on the, the homepage. So like everyone kind of has, once your piece enters into auction, it has equal opportunity to be seen by people on the website. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. if you like scroll down, you'll see like that these ones are like within the last like 15 minutes, probably. On Rarible, you know, it's like they just pretty much feature the people who are already the most popular. 
Right. Like what does that do it for anybody, you know? And like super rare is kind of hard to search through. Something has to be like recently engaged on in order for it to be active on their feed. Um, I find that this is like the, the most effective of all the websites that I've been on. Um, and I love the, the artwork is so good. Like I, I always enjoy almost everything that's posted on here. And like a lot of the meme people have been posting their work on foundation, which I find to be so fucking fascinating. Like the thing with like memes and going viral, like and having your content go viral is like, you are giving so much social equity to the internet. Yeah. But you don't actually get anything returned besides like annoyance usually. (laughs) And so like in, in being able to share your work on foundation and like actually sell your your memes and your likeness as an nft and earn you basically are earning back that uh all of that equity that you put into the internet you're getting it back um like because these are like pieces of history like literally up there you saw like snowden's uh court documents were minted as an nft and sold yeah like it's just it's crazy yeah that went for like over a million dollars i'm sure that was crazy yeah i heard that like i think a picture of him had sold recently is that right um, so the way the document is formatted, I think it literally has an image of him, like in the, in like the, the negative of it. Gotcha. I think they like turned it kind of into an art piece. Um, Chris Crocker's leave Britney alone video was minted recently and sold. Gotcha. Um, this guy Ryder rips right here on the right that says dump.frm or whatever FM. He did the original deal with it pixel art with like the glasses that came down and like stopped on the eyeballs, you know, that he sold for like, I think like 10 ETH or something on here. Um, God, I'm always on. I literally just sit on foundation and like watch everything and like click through people's stuff. I know too much. It's really <laughs> easy to browse through too. It is. It's so enjoyable. Um, That's like what down, I think is a really important part of it is like getting that user experience right. I think that's missing with a lot of the DeFi experiences. And Avelia Banks um, sex tape, anyone? <laughs> Not oh my anymore. gosh. Oh yeah, there's the deal with it for 15 ETH. There we go. Gotcha. Okay. <laughs> and then you can even see like who collected it, which like, you know, you can scroll through and like see all the stuff and just like click on that person's bio um, or profile and like see their collection. I'm so nosy. Oh, they got the stone fox too. Oh, <laughs> I love, I look, I've had that meme saved in my phone for so many years. <laughs> it's like the, like, what did you just do in bed meme? <laughs> <laughs> naughty fox oh him. somebody was talking about the um overly uh attached girlfriend protected, yeah overly attached girlfriend yeah how much did that one go for she went for a lot yeah um I that too i think she went for something upwards of like i think i don't want to say like overestimate here but i think it was like 200 ETH. Because those memes are going for a lot right now. And there's a few different platforms doing them. Or was that one also on Foundation? That was on Foundation. Huh. Could I find it? How would I find it if I wanted to? Um, I'm clicking on it right now. It went for... So her name is Leon, or uh, Sorry, Lena. L-A-I-N-A. Like if you just do Foundation slash or that too. Um, L-A-I-N-A. Yeah, her. It went for 200 to 3F Music, who is a fantastic collector. He changes people's lives constantly. Awesome. He like owns, I think he owns like the biggest record label in the Middle East. 
<laughs> I, I love memes like so much. To your soul. <laughs> and it's like look like she just brought us all a moment of joy like <laughs> you know like I'm, I'm so glad that she got paid back for for everything she's yeah that's that's the crazy thing about memes is like you were bringing so much laughter to people over and over and over it's like it, it is a gift to the yeah internet. someone just bought like the original where pepe um origin I, I, um, <laughs> I saw that it was at least for sale a couple days ago yeah yeah i think that was bought by um uh what's his name it's like punk 4156 i think yeah 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 he's oh my god he followed me because Corey van lu shared my artwork and my heart stopped <laughs> oh my god i was right 4156 go sage okay <laughs> Are there any but, other artists you wanted to go through? Um, oh my god, I just want to shout them all out. Um, I yeah. do want to give a huge shout out to Corey Van Leeuw because he just did a drop with Jake Paul that went beautifully. I've never ever in my life been a person who wanted to watch a fight. So when I turned to my friend Jack the other day and I was like, hey Jack, can we watch a fight tonight? And he was like, he looked at me like I had 17 heads. Um, just like shock and excitement and like didn't know what to do with himself. Um, but so they're doing these fights on uh, this network called Triller. It literally was like Snoop Dogg performed, uh, Sweetie performed, I think her name is, um, Justin Bieber performed. And Jake Paul knocked out this dude in like less than two seconds. And the balls on this man that he, or the ovaries on this man, I should say, <laughs> they're stronger. Anyway, um, that he scheduled an NFT drop that was a collab with five artists for after the fight because he was that confident that he was going to win, right? So after the fight, he like hops on Clubhouse as there's like 15 minutes counting down of this NFT drop. And Corey Van Lu made the most amazing painting of the knockout moment of the previous fight that Jake had been in. Um, and it, it was, you know, it sold, it sold uh, quite a few additions and it was just such a well-executed piece. Like I watched him paint that from start to finish. You know, he kept sending me process and I'm just, I'm just so consistently impressed by him. He's such a fantastic artist. His entire, um, his entire like color palette like brings so much joy to maybe more intense moments like in the same way that I was talking about how I like to kind of ha have a balance of both he really likes having a, a balance of both um and he's just so inspiring um you know his he's he's lived a long life um and I I'm so excited to just continue to see where his his creative pursuits go um yeah. I've heard people describe that like the real value in NFTs comes from their ability to capture like a snapshot of in time rather right. than just like the image itself. And I think that's 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 really like conducive to whether or not you can have a successful drop is the way you time it, the meaning behind it and the execution. I think that's, you know, make or break completely. Totally. Um I lost my train of thought as you as I was about to respond to that. I'm so sorry. <laughs> So you you said you do have some art in the show, is that correct? Like your yeah. So my my profile picture that I I put on for you guys is my piece for the show. Gotcha. Um. Yeah, that one. She's so cute. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I just wanted to do something that was fun and light that I could price, you know, on the lower end because I know we're gonna have some some higher end price points. Um. Uh -huh. And I honestly have been so busy. Like in addition to curating the show, I also helped. Um, A.L. Grime paint two murals and helped fill a massive jewelry order for um, the, the artist that I'm, the jeweler that I manage. So it's just been like 
so chaotic and I, I'm so glad that I, I almost honestly pulled my own name off the lineup. <laughs> um, I almost canceled myself because I was just like, I don't think I'm going to have time. But then I was like, oh no, I'm going to make time. Yeah. <laughs> I wish Jen's piece was finished. Okay, this is a progress shot. If you want to click on it of Jen's piece. Oh, that's right. You said to pull that, huh? Yeah, I was like, this one's not finished. She, well, unfortunately her computer broke and she's literally getting a new computer delivered today to finish the piece. Um, <laughs> but Jen is a really awesome woman in the space. If you haven't connected with her, I highly recommend it. Um, she's adult arts and crafts on Twitter and she's a dildo artist. Um, so basically she takes like dildos, like penises, right? And constructs sculptures out of them that are just so funny. Um, like there's one that's like just the balls and they look like sushi hors d'oeuvres. Um, <laughs> she has like one that looks, that has like the balloons like up, um, there, there, there's so many different themed ones and they're just, they're just so fun. There's one that's like a little cottage house. Um, and her thing is just really bring, like, you know, de- like getting rid of shame and stigma around, um, our, our, our sexuality basically. Um, but so she's awesome. She's creating, she just had an actual like phenomenal drop um, on OpenSea. I think she sold something like 15 plus ETH worth of uh, trading cards that she made. Um, but yeah, definitely someone to check out. I, honestly, every single artist on this list, it's hard to like you say like, oh, is there one more person? I'm like every single one, like they're all amazing. And I'm so proud of everyone for what they've accomplished and what they are going to continue to do in the space. That looks like a pretty cool one. Yeah, that one's by Papa Bear Arts. So he actually, I've known who he was. You guys might actually know who he was from like years ago in the festival scene. He used to make like, like his artwork was sold on like clothing at festivals and stuff. And he had this like really cool illustration style. And then he started to move into 3D and like obviously his style completely transformed. Um, But it's been cool to like reconnect with him because I'm like, oh dude, like I knew who you were back in like 2016. Like what's good? Um, Yeah, I'm stoked that he he, uh, wanted to be part of the show. Yeah, that's cool. I like this uh, fake Cuban chain here, the gold chain. <laughs> I spent the last three days looking at gold Cuban chains every day. So that's, uh, I relate. Who is this one right here? Uh, the green one. Who's Which that? One? One? That one's Cartoon Advisory. Oh my God, his work is so good. Um, he actually has a piece in Blouse collection. I'm super proud of him. Oh, cool. um, I wonder yeah. if that's why like it just kind of popped to me just now because dude, was, his like, work is so beautiful it has this like beautiful like childlike spirit to it you know um he does some, like I'm like he does great things with color his compositions are always wonderful he has this like little character if you see it on top of the nug um mm-hmm. that is like consistent in all of his pieces that are always like surrounded by this this little avatar that's cool. um yeah he's such a sweet dude they're all they're all sweethearts <laughs> Do you have a favorite piece that's in the show you said that's not fair <laughs> andrew, yeah. andrew jones is always strong andrew that. jones is beautiful um oh, look how pretty she is um i don't have a favorite but like i'll say the one piece that really stood out to me when i saw it and i was like oh wow um is lauren's piece um she was lost in the top left corner um of the screen right now um up one yeah I love this I just think it's so like like I want to smoke there you know like I want to exist in this space I want to like 
I just want to be there. And I love that it doesn't really have any green in it. She just has the tiny, tiniest little hints of green. Because obviously, like, everyone's pieces have green in them. But hers is just, like, this beautiful, feminine, like, ethereal, purple, like, smoke sesh wonderland. And I just want to be there. Is there supposed to be a face in the back? Wait, what? Okay, so. Back over here? I don't know. So, like, okay, where the steps are kind of going up. Right there. Okay, so right there, we got eye number one, (laughs) nose, next eye, and then right down below the nose is like a mouth, like open, like almost like a skull, kind of. (laughs) I can kind of see it. I don't know. I guess like smoke more, maybe. The very first thing, like when we (laughs) we went to this earlier, it popped immediately. That's the first thing I saw. That's so funny. I didn't even see the weed before I saw the face. Oh, here? (laughs) No, like this, <laughs> I see kind in of the like fabric. Really hard in it. the fabric and the clouds. <laughs> There's kind of like a play, like a bird mask skull, like a bird skull. That's what I see. Oh, okay. Like a plague doctor vibe. Okay. <laughs> oh my god. Which we actually have a plague doctor in the show. Uh, Gunner's piece is like a plague doctor watering some weed and making it grow. <laughs> if I could find that one. Uh, yeah, it's one that says chill out in the bottom right. So the how many of these, there's a couple that you sent us that are videos in there. How many of them are actually like GIFs or something like that? Like some kind of- um, One, two, three, wait. One, two, three, four, five, six. Uh, at least 10, maybe. I'm not sure. <laughs> He's so, so cute. Cool. Yeah, Gunnar's been really into the Plague Doctor vibes recently, um, which I support. I literally have a Plague Doctor stuffed animal. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Honestly, it was the most masterful direct targeting that Facebook has ever given me. (laughs) Like, I'm not someone who buys things off of Facebook ads, but I was look. I really, I was convinced that I needed a new stuffed animal. I wanted one of the Squishmallows that girls are obsessed with, right? because they're so soft but they're impossible to find everywhere and then because I was looking for squishmallows and because I like plague doctors and like I painted them before like I have like merch with it like you know it's I, I like that like gothic vibe um it, it just like that combined the marketing to then market me plague doctor spl- plushies and so I bought one because it was perfect and they're like the same shape and size as the squishmallows I wish they did more like masquerade type events you know they don't do enough of those things where you can actually wear plague masks I have one and like I don't know I've only been to like one of those types of events where they did like I don't know it was weird like charity like slash art gallery slash music thing it was pretty weird but it was kind of fun but I think the only masquerade I've been to was the tipper event in New Orleans how was that oh it was awesome they're they're always just phenomenal um I'm trying to remember which night was actually the masquerade because I definitely didn't actually wear my mask for more than two seconds because it just doesn't feel good (laughs) like when you make a mask over your eyes I don't love it though I do gotta say I love wearing masks like I I would not complain if I could continue to wear masks in public forever you should I I was just talking about this recently I'm like do you think that you know now that we've gone through this and we kind of transition away do you think like more people in the U.S. are actually going to start wearing masks when they're sick. Like, you know, I hope so. Honestly, I, I went. I went to college in Boston, and like, there's a really large Asian population there, and so it was a very normal thing to see people wearing masks when walking down the street or like in class. 
I always, I was just like, what is wrong with these people? <laughs> and then I realized, I'm like, oh, that's so kind of them. Yeah, they're being respectful. Yeah, they're respectful and thoughtful and they care about their fellow man. <laughs> Crazy. Oh, I also got a shout out this NFT Astro piece. Um, this is by Psychus. It's the third one in from the top if you want to zoom in on it. Um, I realize I can't click on things. I keep trying to. I, I do too. <laughs> oh, sorry. Yeah, on the, on the top row. Um, the fat astronaut. I literally had to message him and thank him for doing this. It has been a really big uh, complaint of mine in the NFT space that all the bodies are very thin and like fit and, and just like the ideal beauty standard, right? Very few people go out of their way to find larger body shapes to use and or to sculpt their own and like celebrate larger bodies. And Steven did that. And I, I'm just so grateful for it. Um, you know, as a fat person myself, like I... I, I really believe that we should have representation of all bodies and that all bodies are beautiful. Um, and I'm just so grateful that he did that. Um, and I just wanted to give him a shout real quick. And I hope that there are some visual artists out listening to this who realize that it's time to start diversifying what they use in their artwork because I'm bored of skinny girls all the time. For sure, you know, it never even occurred to me that that was a thing. Yeah, it's one of those things that like, if you don't, if you don't exist in that space, you don't even realize that it's happening. Um, but yeah, it's one of the most exhausting parts about the NFT space, I would say to me. Um, I mean, there's many things that are exhausting, but a big thing is just the the reuse of these tiny bodies all the time. Um, there's like the Kim and Peen Poon and Chad Knight are like the only people who I've really seen who've tried to uh, venture out into more voluptuous shapes. I feel like that's kind of something that translates to any kind of art and pushed with any kind of marketing narrative is just like the sexualization of it. And then of course the use of a very specific ideal type of body form. I feel like that's- Totally, but I think it's- narrative. I, I totally, totally agree with you, but I think it's worse in this space because they're, they're not modeling these bodies from scratch, right? They're downloading a form that they can then use in their artwork. So they're all using the same, literally the same body and not looking for different ones or making their own different ones. Mm. So it's like worse because it's not like, oh, I just chose not to paint the rolls. It's like, no, no, no. You just didn't even like think to go look for something with rolls. <laughs> I get you. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, that's a that's a deeper level of it's also like there's not a lot of effort put into it either. It's just very much copying something that's been used again and again. Right. And like when I talk to the artists about it, a lot of them are just like, you know, it's just because that's what's accessible and what's there. And like I've genuinely like my I think one of my biggest motivations right now for eventually being able to afford buying a PC and like modeling my own things is because I want to create an open source form that is or multiple open source forms that celebrate different body types because I think that if people have access to them I hope that they will use them more you or at least think about it what was something that was uh, pretty interesting I think about a year ago that I found out was uh it's called black illustrations and you know like we do uh we did like a lot of marketing and stuff like that so a lot of the time it's like easy to use some of those generic drops real quick the open source ones but there's like very few it's all white people you know yeah, that too and we, you know, there's there's so many things like that that i just don't notice until somebody mentions that i'm like oh yeah yeah all right yeah the early days using adobe stock photos you know and like something yeah. <laughs> what is it I about will, this i people? will once again shout out peen poon and chad knight because not only 
do they make the effort to have voluptuous bodies, but they also make the effort to have black features as well in their in their characters. Um, yeah, I would I would love to see more of it. And we do have, you know, I, I, I think he there's um Databyte on the lineup. I believe he's from Iraq, I want to say. And I really appreciated watching him like sculpt the features of his piece because he definitely purposely changed the facial structure of the um, piece to, to, to be more uh, ethnic. Um, that one, it's Ashraf Muhammad uh, with the Rasta colors, oh, nice. that one. Um, he posted a video of him like sculpting the face and I just like noticed how he was slightly altering features um, to be more like Middle Eastern and I really appreciated it. I thought it was very thoughtful. And I mean, you know, I mean, it makes sense because he wants to represent his own culture. Yeah. But that piece is crazy too. Yeah, it's you know, now, now that you mentioned that, I'm like, you know what I haven't seen really is any kind of religious stuff. I don't think I've seen a single like openly religious NFT. So hmm. that's, you know, I guess that's a whole nother area that could be using expression just like, you know, ethnic and stuff like that. So I'm sure it's coming. More funny I, focus. I would, I would but, think it is. I hope at least that at first it's horribly embarrassing, like a bunch of white people <laughs> trying to take up rapping in the 90s. <laughs> I, I hope it's just like disturbingly bad because I will buy that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I will buy it just to look at it and be like, oh, white people. <laughs> That's funny. Friends and Reefer Madness. This one's by Zip Visuals. Nice. Yeah, that's a fun one. I actually, like, when I saw it, I only saw the reefer part, and I just, like, said reefer madness, and then I opened it, and I was like, oh, that's what the joint says. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> so do you know, like, what programs uh, something like this was made in? Um, I'm sorry, say it again? What program? Like, because this is 3D. I, I mean, it looks like it is. I don't. Yeah, that one's definitely three. I don't know what he uses. I've I've like joined a couple NFT groups on Facebook, and you know it's like pretty cool because you get to discuss a bunch of stuff and see what kind of programs people are using and all that. And um, somebody had told me about Blender, so I downloaded that recently, and then I've heard a lot about Cinema 4D. So yeah, I'm just trying. I'm oh, trying sorry, to- this one's not by. I said this one was by Zip. This one's by Stuart Hotel. He goes by uh, Refractal. Sorry, I just need to correct myself real quick. I realized once I said it, that I was very wrong. I had a question, and this might be helpful. Is there like categories that you would put NFT art into that might be helpful when understanding it and organizing a collection, whether that's by like what it's made on? Because you know, of course, obviously, the way something like this is made. And the way like a unique piece distributed on OpenSea is very different to like a CryptoPunk or a hash mask or or even NBA top shots that exist as part of like, you know, trading collectibles and so forth. Like what what ways do you like categorize the art and, and understand it in terms of value? Yeah, well, I mean, you're kind of doing it just by the way you were describing it now. You're kind of categorizing. Um, so you there's definitely like a very specific culture around like pixel-based art, um, which I'm not really, really into. Um, we do have a couple people in the in the um, show who collect a bunch of pixel stuff um, and they like that, that part of the community. Um, I definitely know a bunch of people who collect trading cards as well. But um, as far as like between like media goes, it's so tough. Cause like, I mean, you look at like someone like Corey Van Loo, I mean, 
his NFTs are like slightly animated, right? But they're literally physical paintings that he's then taking into um, into digital and animating. Um, I don't know. It's such a hard question to answer. You kind of have to curate and like categorize more based off of just like style, I think, than by what they use to make it. Would it be fair to say that there's like different cliques or different groups that that are interested in different types of art and they- Oh, 5,000%. Okay. Um, Yeah. And that's why I mentioned earlier, like I met John McTavish in the lowbrow room because like the lowbrow artists are very different than like the VJs, you know, like the motion graphics people. Um, And they're very different from the pixel art people. And they're very different from the traditional art people and the sculpting people and the- accessories people and the, and the like digital fashion people like they're all very different um ecosystems that that operate uh parallel and um well I guess not even parallel they, they all mix and match and then flow um it's like a big highway system I don't know one of our uh one of our guests that's coming up actually well actually yeah we're doing it on Wednesday he's the creator of uh the pythons nft series that was like a pre or not a pre-program but like uh, a randomly generated series of like 2000 of them yeah using python actually yeah, yeah. The, the, the generation <laughs> stuff kind of blows my mind like you're like coding to make this art like i don't understand yeah. what's happening and see, that's <laughs> why I'm, I'm so excited to talk to him because i like i want to care yeah. and like actually figure out because i really don't know that much about coding so to do stuff like that it just i i've got to talk to people and you know just kind of figure out like what exactly is this process that you're doing Hmm. Yeah, I really, my brain, I don't think I'll ever truly understand the, that process, like the, the coding and stuff. It's just so far beyond my, my understanding of like, you know, coming from chemistry to jewelry to, to painting and like artwork, like I, there's no time for coding. In that. <laughs> yeah, I remember like the first time I was in uh, high school, I think, trying to take like an HTML class. And I'm just like, before actually getting into it, I'm like, so wait a minute you type in like some ones and zeros and suddenly there's a website. <laughs> like what? <laughs> Look, like MySpace definitely did teach me some HTML back in the day, but like past that, I'm so lost. Yeah, it's- Yeah, I feel like I just learned so much more after school when it came to that type of stuff. It was just easier yeah. to learn kind of at your own pace, you know, what, what totally. drove your interest rather than what somebody else thought was interesting. My teacher was literally like just, you know, someone that they were like, okay, we need someone to teach this class. So here's the book. We have a body in there to teach these people the end. So she was literally like looking at the book and reading along with us and couldn't answer any questions because she was learning with us. And I was like, what the hell is the purpose of this? (laughs) Everybody would just sit around like all day, either playing games or looking at porn. (laughs) educational systems <laughs> yeah well, that was an expensive education <laughs> yeah i paid a lot of money for a degree that i don't use nope same here it's pretty sad it's fine though yeah that's that seems to be the way of it yeah and it was well, the worst part i think for me is like i don't regret going to college because if i so i paid for college by myself right and like if i did not have that fire under my ass to afford college, I would never have built my art business in the first place. I never would have had the the push to 
you know, learn how to make jewelry and learn how to sell it. Um, that's really what ultimately started my, my art career. Um, but what sucks is that like halfway through college, I definitely knew that I wasn't going to be a chemist forever and that I was going to end up being a full-time artist. Um, and I just kept putting myself into more and more debt for a degree that I knew I was no longer going to be using. Yeah. It's, it really sucks that like, that's where we are with, you know, higher education right now. Cause I was very lucky. I was able to put myself all the way through and come out with no debt, but I mean, I see so many people, you know, I see so many people who are like, they had the dream to go do something big, like society told them they should. And then it, and it's just like, it doesn't work out that way anymore. And then you're suddenly left with like $500,000 in debt. Yeah. My wife has $20,000 in debt. And all you can hope is that you actually were able to pursue something that you have a true love for. Like, I mean, I have a friend who went to, you know, legit art school and she has massive debt from it and, you know, she can't really use it to a large degree outside of doing art and people make fun of that choice. And it sucks because like, I wish I had gone for something like art just because I would have at least cared about that. Yeah. But it might've also like ruined your passion for it. I hear that so often. Yeah. Huh? That, that's so you have a lot of artists who like went there and just. Yeah. Kept- Cause it just, it burns you out so badly. Like, you know, you're forced to look at your art and like the way your professors want you to, like, you don't get to, I don't know. It kind of forces you to like fit inside of a box sometimes and just like work insane hours and, and push out work, even when you're not um excited about it or don't want to do it or what have you um I don't know I just I've just seen so many artists get so burnt out and like they come out of it and they're like what did I actually learn like did, did I learn how to do my taxes as an artist did I learn how to market myself like did I you know did I learn like the value of prints and merchandise or or the value of originals like you know it's like they they, they learn like history and these grand concepts and they teach you how to think sometimes but they don't always teach you like the things that you actually might really need to know and wish you knew yeah that's a good question so they I, they don't teach that in art school I'd imagine how to even market it mm-hmm. or work they just consider that a separate thing even though that isn't yeah our business is not included in the art degree it's like it's more like oh do you know who this famous person from Italy is like no I don't <laughs> yeah see that to me I wouldn't even care about I, I would want to be there to learn about technique. Yeah, to- I like I traveled to Turkey with my friend Anna, who went to like a traditional art school, and she was like so excited to go to these like places that she'd heard about in her art history books, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, I'm so excited for you, but like I don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> like I could appreciate when she would teach me about it, but you know, I just like wasn't as like. But some people do really love art history and they love that kind of stuff. And so then that degree is for them. You know, they did learn things that they're passionate about. It just really depends. Um, Can you measure some NFT art? I mean, obviously it's a completely different thing, but do you see themes that you find in modern art, like NFTs and NFTs that you might say, oh, this is postmodernism or, oh, this is this or, oh, this is that. Do you see that? And is there anything, any themes that are popular that you've noticed? Um, Yeah, there's definitely like trends that you'll notice. Um, It's hard because like we don't have like the vocabulary for those descriptions yet. Um, 
because they are existing in a new space so it is kind of like a new way of understanding them even if yeah I mean as you start to just kind of like get comfortable with the different platforms you'll notice how they're like differently curated and how there's like those different styles um I'm like trying to I feel like so silly I can't think of like a good word like good words to describe the the different genres I guess the way that they're just so weird and different they don't have like names yet yeah on on foundation I feel like it's uh very classy and it's um I don't know I would describe a lot of the art as like futuristic okay so like classy futuristic I guess you know I don't know like very very like and like super rare is the same way but in a very different way and I haven't been on Super Rare yet. I've only been on OpenSea, Rarible, and Foundation. And then I've also been on Mintable. And Mintable, <laughs> Mintable is uh, an interesting place. That's like- I've never been on there. That was a really interesting reaction to it. Mintable is like NFT grade school, I guess, or NFT preschool. Oh, okay. Yeah, and I'm not really exposed to too much NFTs at all yet. I, I have like one NFT and it's a, it's a Badger NFT. Um, and it's uh, actually useful for getting an APY boost, which is more information is to be determined. But other than that, um, I have one of the Pythons and that's about it. So like, I'm, I'm still very new to the space and like learning what to explore and like what's a good one and what's a bad one from like an art perspective, you know? Have you what? checked out Try Showtime yet? Really haven't, no. So Try Showtime is like basically like the NFT social media. So basically you like, you connect your wallet, right? And it will have your profile and you have your, what you've owned, what you own, like your NFT collection, and then what you've created, so like your artwork that you've made and sold. Um, and people can follow you. And like, when you engage with stuff, like you can, like, it'll pop up on the feed so that other people can see what you're engaging with and liking and follow those artists and discover new people. Um, they, they just did a really big update and changed some things around. So you can, which, I don't know if they've changed it if it's in the last few days, but the last time I checked, they, turned off the option to like click so before you could click on each nft if you were interested in it and like go to where it's listed to bid on it or like you know see whatever the listing is um but you can't really do that anymore and i'm hoping that they add that back because i was not thrilled with that change um but yeah so you can like go to the different artists profiles and like see their whole their whole thing um people's a bad example because he doesn't collect anything Hmm. Uh, oh it says he owns 150 i don't know what that means though um it's probably like owns other stuff oh i guess he has bought stuff now oh shouts people he's bought nfts now okay he like literally said in an interview that he wouldn't buy nfts because he didn't want to be an influencer Hmm. whatever that means yeah (laughs) he just like didn't want to influence people's art buying decisions well he makes so much money he should be supporting art you know it's like elon musk you know yeah he has that that clout where he could literally just be like this is cool and you know pretty much yeah. everyone would follow but i'm so sure he realized that if he didn't collect other artists work he was gonna end up being exiled because the nft community is very serious about like supporting each other uh-huh. and like if you make it big you should definitely be supporting other artists and helping you know boost them up for sure yeah, I wish, you know, I wish I had the amount of money to, <laughs> to invest in more of them. Yeah, no, I totally feel that. I definitely bought two, like, 
too many nfts yeah. <laughs> can you have too many i mean my my bank account says yes but yeah <laughs> my my heart says no so we're gonna go with my heart over this one yeah this looks is. like andrew jones just minted the piece for the show hell yeah so you can see that on the feed on on um try show time that's sick and i've never even heard of this one try showtime so it's not an NFT platform. It's like a social media. Oh, okay. Um, so, so you can follow the artists. You can follow collectors. You can, you know, engage with their collections. Interesting. That's yeah. Cool. It, I mean, it's cool because it's like, it's like scrolling through Instagram, but you can see who owns what. That's really cool. And who made what, like it's permanently attached to it. You can't disconnect that. Nice. I love that piece. That's cool as fuck. That is. That is really <laughs> Yeah, I've been really, they just did like a really big update. I've been really like enjoying all of their improvements as they go along. It's really easy to navigate and scroll through everything too. Like I'm loving yeah. how the user experience is just getting better and better with this, you know? Yeah, 5,000%. The only complaint that I have is that they took away that bid button and they need to bring it back. Oh, they did. Oh, look, they, look, look, they, they literally did. They bid on OpenSea. They fixed it. Fire. I literally tweeted at them and I was like, y'all need to fix this. <laughs> wonderful they literally added it i don't even need to complain <laughs> yeah there's so much in the nft space that's like if you're not in the space especially as an artist i'm sure like a lot of emerging stuff that we don't know about yet okay so have did you guys see the blow drop the the big auction of his album i know slightly about it okay so what the big basically origin protocol was the the technology behind the website um they basically created his website so that like you went to like whatever it was like blownft.com or something and you got to like you could bid in ethereum or um with your credit card on the nft auction and it was just streamlined really really well for all users um and so this is kind of the future it's basically like they want to be like the the shopify of nfts so like each person could have their own website that they can mint their own nfts on and have them on their own platform and have their own secondary market for their collectors on their own space um so they're really cool and so they just did the drop with blau they did a drop with um jake paul was what you just saw pop up um that went really well um but so i participated in the blau auction actually and because i participated they airdropped me 500 of their tokens which at the time was like $400 and now it's like 1200 or something crazy. Nice. Uh, like that was my first airdrop. So like babies first airdrop shouts. <laughs> Do you have any other like projects that you're into or specific like blockchains that you're into? God, I've honestly been so focused on NFTs. We have been having a lot of conversations recently about the Tezos plat uh, blockchain and um, Hickek, Newt and Kalamint, um, I think is what they're called. They're... Um, it's basically like another NFT capable blockchain and the platforms for it. Um, but it's super, super cheap um, and efficient. Like it's, it's kind of like marketed as like the clean NFT. And apparently artists are really, really liking the way that it's formatted. And a lot of people are starting to collect on there and like experiment with like their, their lower end work on there or just like different things. Um, Cause like, you know, if you're going to sell something on the Ethereum blockchain, it already needs to be like a few hundred dollars just to make back your minting costs. Yeah. Like it, it is a very expensive process. And like on, on uh, the Tezos blockchain, you can do it for like cents. Like it's like 15 cents to mint. 
unless. So I am really curious. Uh, I've been honestly so busy the last week. I haven't had a lot of time to look it up, but my friends have been talking about it a lot. Um, and a lot of them have started to experiment on there. And so I'm curious to finally check it out after the show and explore. I would definitely, cause I mean, there's so many people who are so resistant to NFTs because of the energy consumption. And, you know, there's a lot of artists who are resistant to it because of that. And like, if you can help them to understand that like, NFTs are just a technology and there are different options for how you can choose to use that technology. And there are ones that are a lower carbon footprint, significantly lower carbon footprint than Ethereum. Um, I think we can bring on a lot more people into the space and just grow it exponentially even more than it has already in the last few months. Yeah, I'll admit that's one thing that's been tough with Ethereum. Like uh, initially, even when I was introducing Robin to kind of the space, um, that was just a huge barrier to entry. Like just just even if you have the money, you know, it's just the technological understanding what you're building and what you're participating in to be able to justify why it costs like 50 to $100 just to send or, or complete a transaction in DeFi. Yeah, I feel bad. The gas fees are so high today and everyone's trying to mint their pieces for tomorrow's opening show. Mm-hmm. Um, like literally the gas is right now at 264 Guay. It's been fluctuating between like there and like 400 all day. Yeah, I, I went to try and do something. I was going to go stake some uh, ETH and I was just like, oh, it's going to be $68. I'm like, nah, no, I'm not. I'm not doing it. Fuck it. <laughs> like, I'm so tired of how expensive it costs to do simple stuff. Yeah. it's brutal i'm not good enough at trading and, and making money from nothing to, to keep spending so much on gas exactly yeah i mean it's it's only worth it if you're playing with huge amounts of money or if you're leaving stuff somewhere long term right yeah. and that's why like a lot of these artists are liking the tezos blockchain because they're able to like you know make things more affordable but then still have their high-end stuff on ethereum yeah um, i'm sure if there's not already somebody who is doing it or a way to do it i'm sure there'll be ways to wrap tezos stuff Okay, I don't really understand what wrapping is. So, like, you know, have you have you seen that there's like Bitcoin and wrapped Bitcoin? Yeah, I know. I I I I've I've seen it. I've held it. I just don't know what it means exactly for it to be wrapped and why that happens. I guess like, it's just like lower energy. No, it's basically it's, a way to make it useful and deep. I mean, probably don't want to go into the weeds too much about it because, you know, there's probably developers who could speak to it a little bit better. But essentially, like you're using wrapped Bitcoin to have more utility in DeFi. Yeah, like wrapped Bitcoin is an Ethereum based coin. So because of that, now you can actually use Bitcoin to invest in Ethereum based products. Whereas like you couldn't do anything. You can't really do anything with Bitcoin. It just sits there. That's kind of why a big part of Badger's use case is, of course, you know, bringing Bitcoin to DeFi. Um, essentially, like that's that's the whole purpose of Dig. That's the whole reason why their whole farm is kind of dedicated to Bitcoin and just making it more, giving it more utility in the greater DeFi ecosystem. So yeah, it's it's kind of like you know, basically because Ethereum is like the big boy right now. That's where everyone wants to play, but there's a lot exactly. of stuff not built there, so somebody will come and create a way to wrap it. And at that point, they've somehow transformed it into an Ethereum-based token or an Ethereum-based coin. So I assume that there's going to be, you know, plenty of ways to just wrap certain things. And there'll probably be a better way where all the different blockchains can communicate with each other. So it's not necessary to do that in the future as well. I think like the thing that like blew my mind about most about this space when coming into it was just like how often you hit walls of like, oh, the, the technology is not there yet for this idea. Like you just, you keep having ideas and then hitting walls and it's like kind of 
it's like frustrating as hell, but it's really exciting because there's just so much room for growth and change and like constantly learning new things. And I'm such a nerd and I love learning. And I'm just like, I feel like there's never going to be a lack of needing to learn new things in the space. Yeah. You fall asleep for a day. It's like you missed a whole bunch. Dude, literally you're off clubhouse for two days and everyone's like, you've been gone a month. (laughs) It's like, no, it's been two days. I swear. (laughs) But you miss so much. Things happen so quickly. Like it just, they pop up so fast and, and gain traction so fast when they're, when they're good. And apparently when they're bad too, shout out to the cloud, but yeah. Well, yeah, I guess, do you have any other stuff to uh, wrap up, tell people where to head over to anything like that? Um, yeah, I guess. Uh, thank you so much for listening and thank you guys so much for having me on here and, and talking with me. This has been a really fun time. Uh, I definitely didn't expect us to go this long. So I know, I, no, I didn't either. I thought we were just going to do something pretty quick too. And I'm like, <laughs> That's fine by me because I'm so fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I guess for those out here listening, um, you can go to my Instagram or my my Twitter um, at Sagestorm Davis to see the posts for the show. Um, I'll be sharing a bunch of the artists' posts. Like honestly, throughout the whole month, I'm going to be promoting people's art. Um, NFTdispo.com is the website to check out the whole collection on. Um, please spend some time looking at it. Uh, go check out all the artists' work. They're phenomenal. Um, and go look at their other work when you're on their on their platforms. You can, you know, grow your your artistic portfolio. Um, look out for the NFT dispensary on Clubhouse, the club. Um, I have to figure out what the title's gonna be for the for the actual thing, but it'll be some sort of like 420 smoke sesh, NFT party, et cetera. I had a quick question. Um, so is there a certain time frame that all of this is going on? The website will be live by, I believe, 9 a.m. EST. Um, so by the time people are listening to this, it should be all open um, and ready to, to be checked out. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think that's it. I think it's time to eat. I, I think that I'm might sorry. be about right, actually. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I'm hungry. We, we smoked and then I didn't have any food. Yeah, I'm lucky. I ate right before. <laughs> Wise man. Yep. <laughs> all right, well, thank you guys so much. It was great talking to both of you and meeting yeah, you. Have a good night, guys.